0: Anthony Heron, score Core football analyst.
2: analyst. David Montgomery struggled with early in his career. There's a lot of dancing in the backfield. He's gotten more and more effective throughout his time with the Bears at getting downhill.
0: Former NFL defensive lineman and Iowa Hawkeye.
2: And as long as that ends up being the case. Hey, Bishop, I'm still on the radio.
0: No, sorry, all right. You can hang. Paw Patrol. I need another Paw Patrol. Okay, I'm
2: going to come turn <laughs> it on in yeah, just yeah, a couple yeah. of moments, all right?
0: Big and Heron. Mr. Hedden, I want to compliment you. You're doing a fine job. With Bernstein and Holmes on the score. Anthony Herons brought to you by global biotech company Horizon Therapeutics, where the mission to transform patients' lives is personal. He joins us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, and there he is, clad in blue on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 the score. Hello, Anthony. Happy New Year.
2: Simon Daniel, happy new year to you as well. I, I did I forgot to uh, to wish everyone a happy new year on the post-post show last night until very late in the show one of the callers wished everyone so anyone who didn't who listened to maybe the first part of post post last night i didn't say happy new year happy new year to everybody who listened last night to post post also all right well good i'm glad that you got all of that stuff cleared
3: up as we yeah. enter into the new year merry new year you too merry new year <laughs> such a great movie
2: happy new year
3: such a great movie. oh beaks Beaks. Poor is Beaks.
2: He, is he still with us? Dude who played Beaks in the. In the Paul
3: Gleason? The no. no. He passed away. No. Ah. Exactly. He's can... also the, the, the principal in,
2: in breakfast, a breakfast Club. club. Yeah. yeah, and the
0: local police chief in Die Hard. Oh,
2: That's right. right. We're going to need more FBI guys. He I plays guess. that guy very well in every movie. And apparently had a
0: little George Santos in him when it came to the old resume. Is that oh right? really yeah Ooh. like claimed he was a minor league baseball player and then his <laughs> after he died they it was if somebody fact-checked it and his sons were like yeah we don't think he ever did it was so there was, there was some of that going on apparently that's hey, outstanding. Not, not not george santos level like all completely a lie but
2: by the way has there been any uh, any shout out to barbara walters man uh, r.i.p barbara Walters. yeah right well no, great interviewers was... you, you guys spend a bunch of time every day interviewing folks i'm interviewing people all the time great interviewers in the history Barbara Walters would be up there on on those power rankings no doubt I think think that
3: one of her biggest and you know this is personal for me but one of her biggest victories is that she was someone who consistently got to interview Prince like Mm. he would come back because he enjoyed Mm. talking with her Mm. and that's rare that was rare for Prince.
2: I got to check out one of the Prince interviews. I mean, there's a good chance I've seen one of them in the past, but I, I, they're certainly not, like, coming to mind at well, the there, moment. Well, there, was one, one there was one on The View where
3: it's hilarious because he's sitting there and he's enjoying talking with with Barbara and with Whoopi, and uh, Sherry couldn't, like, contain herself. Uh-huh, and right. and as soon as, as, as he caught that vibe, he was like, all right, so I'm leaving. <laughs> and uh, he got up because I think he had taken his gloves off, and she was like, can I have your gloves? And he was like, "Um, I'm uncomfortable, and I am leaving right now. <laughs> and then he, like, walked off, but it wasn't the right way. It's a like, you got to see it,
2: man. It's very, very funny. It's like the John Travolta moment from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, <laughs> so yes. Exactly. Where do I exit?
3: Yes, uh, very much so. <laughs> hey, by the way, I saw Woman King. Okay. All right. Your, your thoughts? I enjoyed it. I, I think that there's a, a much larger discussion about some of the issues uh, of when it came to slavery on the continent mm-hmm. that can be mm-hmm. had, but I was impressed. I'm
2: not sure if I needed the secondary story. There, there was a lot. They baked a lot into it. I feel like they they decided they didn't just want to be just like a pure action movie. Yeah. And so they, they baked some more into it but there there was a lot of different you know social and and family and societal dynamics kind of at play there 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 was a lot more in the movie than i anticipated from like the one trailer i saw where it just looked like viola davis was a superhero i was like oh all right i'll go check it out and then i watched it's like oh there's a lot happening here
3: i i just love her Mm -hmm. like you never get cheated right with viola davis like she's always giving you like her best effort Hits (laughs) Hits principle. Yep. Act, <laughs> she acts
0: hard. <laughs> it's, exactly. it's the hits principle in full
3: effect. I, I think she's the be... best ugly crier in the game. And Anthony I Heron mean, is about just... to tell us that she's she's an okay
0: actor, but she <laughs> leaves a little bit to be desired. There's
2: range. I, and the thing is, you can tell she's funny, but she doesn't get a lot of roles where she gets to show it. I would love to see her do like, you know, her... I don't know. Just her, her, and anybody just do like like just, a road trip movie or something. Yeah, yeah. a Road trip movie would be a great vehicle for Viola Davis because she showed her action. Chops. Like in one of those roles
0: that otherwise Octavia Spencer might get.
2: Yeah. Oh, right, right. Cause yep. You know, cause, uh-huh. she'll
0: she'll lean into something funny like that, and maybe maybe you throw it her way. You know, talk to her publicist and see, make that phone call first. Or like
2: her and Meryl Streep haven't done a movie together yet, have they? I would. Be. Anything that like Meryl Streep and Viola Davis got to be in together, I would go check it out. I don't care how slapsticky it was. I would just love to see. front One, I'd love to see Viola because I think that range is there more. Like you mentioned, Octavia Spencer, you know, they were in the help together. But Octavia got the more comedic role because she's a comedic actress more so. But Viola's got some comedy chops that she doesn't get to show very much. Yeah,
3: because she's she's kind of, like, very serious now. Mm-hmm. It's the same, right. like, and she's venerated the same way Denzel is, where Denzel kind of can't do comedy now. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> he's not allowed he's to He's not allowed
0: it to do that. It never stopped
3: De Niro. You know, he's
0: it never stopped him. He aged
2: him. into it. He, he started into doing it. the and goofy Denzel's stuff. And Denzel's older than we realized and like De Niro f- aged into comedy. Yeah,
0: but meet the Fockers and some of that stuff. Right. Where, where De Niro wanted, he because I, I, it must be fun, Right.
2: Bad grandpa. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean every once in a while. And, and he also likes a nice paycheck. Oh,
2: it's how just- about Angela Bassett? Like, Angela Bassett in Wakanda Forever is an absolute, I was going to say Marvel, but that would be an unintended pun, but she she's a revelation in the movie. She's Angela Bassett at her Angela Bassett-est, but- I think hey, let her do a couple of comedies also. She's got more than enough range to pull off anything. And I don't I don't even know how old she is. She she's been she's frozen in time.
3: 64? Somehow. Four? Yeah, she's <laughs> she's she, really? yeah, she, she's been <laughs> placed in amber and still looks right. amazing.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: So yeah, that's I I, en- I it. enjoyed it.
3: I, I really Good. enjoyed it. I'm glad it. you enjoyed it. I did I'm not I did enjoy too. yesterday's Bears game. No, and that's the, why I've been avoiding talking about it. So, so what I about.
0: called it, what, what I felt yesterday, I felt the end of the beginning. I know there's a game left in the season. I want Justin Fields shut down. You can make up whatever excuse you want. <laughs> I I th- you you can't get this far and accidentally win that game. This I felt that this that that second quarter and third quarter was the was the end of the beginning. That just dramatically it hit home to me that 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 was it. Not the end of the the end of the season came a a game and a half early.
2: It got late, late. It felt like the the beginning of the end of the beginning should have been maybe a few weeks ago, but they just kept on being the plucky bears and sticking in these games, and Justin Fields kept dragging this roster along with him week after week. It's like, all right, there's something here. They keep competing. But yesterday's game, not only the final result, not only the score margin, But just looking at the athletes on the field, man, I mean, the the Detroit Lions are not one of the best rosters in football, but when you compare what they have access to just as far as dudes they can put on the field versus what the Bears have access to with their current roster, I, I, I think we would all agree the Bears have good running backs. That's one of the deeper positions on the field, but do they have? Guys who move like both Jamal Williams and, and, and DeAndre Swift, they don't have people who look like that with the football in their hands. And I'm a David Montgomery guy. Like, I think he's a good football player, good well-rounded back. But he had to move like those dudes in Detroit. The receiver position, Jameson Williams ain't even on the field for him yet. But the one touch he got, wow, that's frightening for a defender. Bears don't have people like that. Valus Jones is the closest thing they got. He ain't anywhere near the same range as Jameson Williams with the football in his hands. The the rosters just don't compare at the moment. That's not even talking about the offensive line with all the high draft capital that's been extended there. Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston, a couple of rookies coming off the edge that rush the quarterback with more intensity, ferocity, commitment, and just skill than anyone the Bears have rushing the quarterback off the edge right now. They're just two completely different rosters. And again, the Lions are not one of the better rosters in football, but it is drastically better than the roster and just the pure physical talent, the horsepower of athlete that the Bears are putting on the field right now. When it comes to to next week, how, how would you feel if Justin Fields didn't play? I wouldn't lose any sleep over him not playing, but I prefer that he did. Why? I do because I don't. I don't believe. Uh, well, I'll say this: I'm putting myself in the mind of of athlete slash competitor, and also viewing it even even v- just viewing it intellectually through the lens of of evaluator. If I'm Ryan Poles, if I'm Matt Eberflus, let's say. The additional reps. Let's say they play another 50 plays of offense, 60 plays of offense. Him having that he's had such limited opportunities so far in game to work with Chase Claypool, I, I do believe, and I, I think I tweeted this out during the game yesterday. It it is at this point. I I wasn't too quick to it early on because I tend to slow play most things in either direction of reaction. I think it's fair at this point, coming back from the injury, to wonder why wasn't Chase Claypool getting more reps. Why wasn't Chase Claypool a bigger target in the offense? It sounded like Eberflu's kind of referenced after the game. He's still working back from injury or whatever. But you have one opportunity left in game to get Justin Fields some live action with Chase Claypool. And Fields talked about after the game being excited about Working with them over the offseason, working on their timing, communication, everything else, and just getting Chase Claypool even more comfortable in the offense, all that's great. But you do have one opportunity that remains here to get the two of them in live game action, and some work that they can try to build off of, to grow from, as it looked like in that Green Bay game before Chase Claypool had the, you know, the scary knee moment and the fumble. Like, they back-to-back-to-back plays, three snaps in a row. They said, let's feed him the football, try to get him and Justin cooking. Then he hurts his knee, and he's out for, for several weeks. That To me, that matters, to, to try and take advantage of something here with Fields and Claypool. You know, I'd say that would be the key thing just from a personnel perspective that could be gotten from it. And aside from that, I'm just of the opinion every time Justin Fields breaks the huddle as an NFL quarterback, there's something to be learned from it. There's something to be gained from it. Every time he drops back to pass, there's something to be diagnosed in that regard. So I believe as, as we hope he continues to develop and improve at the position of quarterback, then getting more reps at the position of quarterback in live action is beneficial.
0: I can't argue against that, anything you said. Because uh, everything you say is objectively
2: correct. But you have this crippling fear of him getting injured.
0: I have a crippling fear of them accidenting, uh, w- w- screwing around. And of winning. somebody winning. slinging Braxton Jones win- onto his knee winning. in the offseason. Oh, no. winning. I'm worried about the Bears. They're going to be in the top two, right? Don't, don't no, we know they that be four. If they could be four. if they, they can be win, anywhere from one to four. If they win, okay. you can't get this far and end up with four when you Hmm. could have the difference between four and two and four and maybe one. Mm -hmm. You can't let that happen. You're so close. (laughs) You've invested so much in this. And Ryan pulls very carefully, Jack Sambor, why don't you go on IR? Eddie, Jackson, let's go on IR. You go on IR. Why don't you just go on IR? Everybody, let's just go on IR. Let's have a nice little IR party, and we can all come over here and sit at this table (laughs) and have our walking boots and our anti-inflammatories because it just – It's just better for everything. You can't get this far and blow it against a Vikings team that's not going to be playing for anything. Do this dance right.
2: (laughs) You know what? I think, again, intellectually, I see your point. In game, let's say, in a world where Justin Fields throws for 250, Chase Claypool has eight grabs and two tugs, and the game-winning touchdown grab, that, to me... Whether it's leading into the offseason or whatever, just any late game result this the last game they have access to, I believe there's big value in that. But not, but not it doesn't outweigh
0: it doesn't outweigh the difference between four and two. To me, I it there there could be value there. I think that's value that we forget and just be like, oh, Vikings aren't yeah, trying. I, I think it just
2: depends know. on who's key in the win. Uh, you know, Justin Fields at this point, I, obviously he's he's the Bears quarterback next season. He's the guy they should be looking to build around. But there's a win where if it's like Darrington Evans is the MVP of the game, then yeah, that, that would be that would be an awful result intellectually. But if it's you know if it's because Kyler Gordon has a pick six or Jaquan Brisker actually reads you know spatially correct and, and has a couple of interceptions or a strip sack that, that the Bears score a game winning touchdown or that scenario I laid out where Fields and Claypool just go off in a game for big numbers and, and a decisive effort. I do think there's it comparable, if not better, because that's proven commodity at the NFL level where you say, you know what, all right, there's a guy who just had a huge game Closing out the season for the Bears. And yes, it led to a win and a lower draft slot. That for me, I I, I would tip those because I do think there's a balance to it for who actually would be performing in a way that led to the win. But if there's key cogs for your future that have a big day closing out the season against Minnesota that lead to a victory, even if, if it affects your draft slot by, by a pick or two, I think there's something to that because you need guys who are currently on the roster to end up being really good. If they're not, then it's a longer road towards true success.
0: I I love the idealistic I, I but this this is this season's over. It's done. We all know it's done. Let do everything they can do to to have a better chance at getting better football players cuz so many of these guys just aren't NFL players like you said.
2: They but, they, but, we, can't, just but we can't accept that Chase Claypool is just not an NFL player at this point.
0: Correct. No, he's Yeah, he, I, he, I I agree he has to matter. If I really if you could guarantee me if you could guarantee me that him playing in this last game and gaining confidence if 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 you could make me believe in the idea of a springboard game in week 17, I I I'm there for it. I just mm-hmm. I just don't. I just It seems think,
2: like the more likely scenario they would win would just be some clunky, awful game that they just course. sort of trip across the finish line. Yes, the and they're
0: all do. looking at each other like, what the hell did we just do? Well, uh-huh. I, I,
3: I do want to ask you, Big Ant, about Chase Claypool because yeah. I'm just kind of like you where I'm like, all right, I'm going to let this play out and it's hard to change systems and teams and learn stuff. But I feel like we're now at the place where that might be a Claypool problem now, you know, that, that, that him not being with it and getting it. That, to me, should, is a little scary
2: for the Bears. And I'm, I'm really curious why he only got four snaps in the first half. It's, it's hard to believe at this point. You know, I, I think it was completely explainable in the first few weeks here because the receiver position in this offense is rather intricate. But for him getting four snaps in the game yesterday, I got a hard time to believe it. it's got something to do with him not grasping enough of the offense yet. And so is this just them you know, not wanting to force feed Chase Claypool into scenarios because he's not as good of a blocker? Well, on third and long, when you're running Byron Pringle and, and Dante Pettis and Nikhil Harry out there, that wasn't a blocking scenario. That's you going three and four wide on third and long and chase Claypool wasn't on the field sometimes. That's a big question mark to me at this point in the season, especially factoring in all the other things we're talking about, where the season is lost and you got two games to go, and this is a person you've given up assets for who has a much higher ceiling of potential than the other individuals. And, oh, by the way, Dante Pettis has had his chances to make plays and not come through. And St. Brown has had his chances to make plays and not come through. And Byron Pringle has been out there. Somewhat absent more often than not. So, you know, e- even if he's not practicing quite as well, there's, there's a balance to it where you say, let's feed him into the lineup. If not, feed him the football. So what's going on where he's not a part of things by now? The initial weeks is one thing. And if, if it is, all right, he's just sheerly just coming back from injury. He hasn't practiced much. We're just not clear where he's at physically. Then I guess that's one thing. But he's out there in opening and drive the game. He draws a flag. Then he's not there. For, for many more snaps. so I'm just I'm curious about that. I'm not out on Chase Claypool, but, but it's more than worthy of, of inquiry at this point for why his role wasn't bigger yesterday and curious how big his role can be or should be in this final game. We got a chance to talk a little bit about
3: it during a, a transition, but I am, I, I'd love for the Bernstein and Holmes audience to get your thoughts on the rumors about Kevin Warren maybe becoming mm-hmm. Bears' CEO.
2: So his, his level of, of executive, senior executive level experience, his, his leadership DNA has been on display, even for those who, who disagree with the decision to, to shut down the season, you know, back in 2020 when he just had become Big Ten commissioner. And, you know, like all these things, when you're the commissioner of anything, of any sports league, of any any conference, you're, you're answering to a bunch of constituents who have big sway in what the final goal is. Like Roger Goodell doesn't sit in a silo and make decisions for the National Football League. They have board meetings and 32 ownership groups or individual owners say, here's what we all want. And quite often it's vastly different. And then Roger Goodell has to piece that together and come up with the position of the National Football League office. That's essentially what Kevin Warren has to do as commissioner of the big 10 with their presidents and chancellors, and they all funnel their opinions and information to him. And then he has to drive the, the conference position in the best direction. And so, you know, like the, the COVID decision to, to have that happen a couple of months into the job and to, to be the forward facing, you know, person of that, the voice of it, the face of of the COVID like shutdown and lockdown and and the global audience being wondering what's happening with the the most lucrative brand in intercollegiate athletics. Why on earth would they be willing to close down right now? And he he handled that and all the slings and arrows associated with that, going into that knowing there was going to be an extremely negative and visceral reaction to it as it played out. And he's he's had to handle that stage and that and being willing to make that Big decision, and then now in very short order, going from that being the, the public punching bag, the global in some ways punching bag, to now very quickly with the, the movement of getting USC and UCLA into the Big Ten, signing the biggest media rights deal that any conference has ever signed, and doing so in a unique way that no one saw coming, the NFL model of broadcast, how the schedule will be he bifurcated among several partners. He built a stadium. He in it. Minnesota the everything the bears could be hoping for in their next president kevin warren represents and more so when you look at that makes all the sense in the world for the bears my big question is what what drives him at this point what motivates him in that direction if he takes the gig is it money i'd be surprised you know because either entity whether it's the bears or the big 10 there's more than enough money to say we would like to match what the other side makes available to you so if he makes that move it seems to me that it's more about quality of life than anything. Do you want to have to continue to, to do all the different things you have to do as a, as a collegiate conference commissioner? Dealing on with the 16 university
3: side? presidents, 16 athletic yes. directors, 16 coaches, bi
2: coastal, and the, the academic and athletic side of things all sort of coalescing together to make your life a living hell and answering the phone at three in the morning. All those different things that are all constantly on your plate. You know, it's not like you wouldn't have a full plate as team president of the Bears, but it's a far more focused version of leadership than when you're a collegiate conference commissioner and dealing with the NCAA and a new crop of student-athletes coming in every year. So if he did go that direction, if he does end up as the Bears president, I would imagine from, you know, all the discussions I've had with him publicly, privately, everything I know about and my interactions with him, that it's about quality of life. You know, some level of congruence just with the the types of individuals you have to deal with on a daily basis. Well said. Big Ant,
1: you're the man. Thank you so much for your time today. Merry (sighs) New Year! Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too.